Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. I'm perpetually looking at how is my foundational well-being, my sleep, my mood, my energy level, and my libido. I think of our libido as a sign for how we are doing internally. And how am I handling currently at this age and at this chapter in my life, how am I handling juggling 10 balls? And maybe I could juggle 10 balls with ease at 30. At 40, eight balls was a little bit better. At 45, maybe I wanted to try to juggle cones instead. I don't know, or right. or, or little bean bags. Today, we have an extraordinary guest joining us, Mariah Brown. Mariah is a renowned health and wellness expert with a diverse background that goes beyond traditional healthcare. With a full ride scholarship to Yale, you are paving the way for functional medicine. We will dive into preventing and overcoming burnout as an entrepreneur. You are the host of the popular podcast, The Women's Vibrancy Code. Welcome. Hey, Joey. Nice to have... Thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. Yes. I'm so excited. This is such an interesting topic because through my career, I have experienced burnout and sometimes I've applied it to just not liking what I'm doing. And it took a long time for me to realize maybe I was burning out on what I was doing. It it wasn't necessarily crushing my passion. Mm-hmm. Well, I think some of that's valid. You know, I'll often ask someone, is it that they're burnt out or is it that they're out of alignment and doing what doesn't make their heart sore and spending more time in our zone of excellence versus zone of genius, so to speak. But I think more often than not, it's that we don't set boundaries and we go, go, go on fumes, serve everyone else and forget to fill up our own cup. You know, I come from a health lens. So often individuals are continuing to overdo it on caffeine, not sleep well enough, eat crap food, um, not say no in the scenarios that they need to say no, jump from thing to thing to thing without the kind of nervous system reset. And then they burn out. And sometimes that burnout is very um, clear to them with feeling exhausted or their libido being gone or irritability or anxiety or not sleeping. But sometimes I see it at the cellular level when I'm looking at their labs. And I've had my own burnout. Yeah, tell me about that. I'd love to hear as an expert and knowing that you coach and talk about this, but you are also mm-hmm. on the go. And let's not forget you're a mom of three. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's so ironic. So I have been attending births for 23 years, although I haven't attended a birth in about four years. So I've been a midwife. I was a doula. And then I went into the nurse practitioner training at Yale and also did my training through the Institute of Functional Medicine. And I've been running the women's health and federally funded clinics, private practices since 2007. I was always an entrepreneur. So I always had side gigs trying to create things on my own while making babies. And oh, by the way, a husband and households and all the stuff. And ironically, when I had my true crash, my burnout where it was to the point where I, I couldn't keep going. Like we're we're very good at like white knuckling it, grin and bear it, push through. 
And hopefully those that are listening don't do what I did, (laughs) which is where I just kept going. I was in a scenario where I was running a number of businesses. My first child didn't sleep for more than an hour until he was 18 months old. And then we moved and I literally found myself exhausted. My body was hurting. There was strange rashes. I didn't want to be touched. I was irritable. And I did nothing. I didn't actually ask for help. I didn't raise my hand. I think I was just putting out the fire in front of of me. And I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist. And as a healthcare provider, I was slightly embarrassed to ask for help. Right. And even if I were going to ask for help, it's like, ah, I have to make this appointment. I don't even have time to make the phone call. And I'm going to have to wait for two months and I have to go in and blah, blah, blah. And then it got to a point where um, it wasn't sustainable. I, I literally, I remember I was sitting on the back steps. My husband came home from work and I looked at him and I said, I feel like I'm dying. Like it got bad. And so finally, um, a provider that was seeing my child, like I'll make sure my child's being seen, right. uh, looked at me and said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm fine. And she saw between the lines and she ordered some labs. And in my scenario, my thyroid and my adrenals had completely crashed. Wow. The good news is some simple changes, some simple supplementation, some simple changes in diet, um, one little prescription, and poof, the light bulbs were on. And wow, it was like <laughs> I'm no longer walking in the dark, dark as a zombie. And I had energy again, and my mood came back up, and I was ready to engage in my marriage, and I, and I didn't have aches and pains. And so- I feel like that really changed how I show up as a healthcare provider. So to see it through a different lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting because I just, you know, I'm not a healthcare provider. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm always going. And the first thing I always tell myself is, okay, I need to sleep more, I need to exercise more, and I need to eat better. But you're actually kind of taking it a different route. It's like get your blood tested and find out what's really happening. Well, and not necessarily blood tests. Sometimes blood tests are helpful. So for someone who's, especially for women, uh, often if we allow the burnout to go to the degree that we do and continue to um, take steps on fumes, our thyroid crashes. And our thyroid, really the best way to look at the thyroid is through serum or blood. The challenge is... Most mainstream providers, including myself, listen, I got trained at Yale. I was taught you order a TSH and a reflex C4. You don't need to know what that is, but you'll go in and you'll say, um, I'm tired. I'm irritable. I'm, I'm sad. I can't sleep. I'm putting on extra weight. I have body aches. I'm losing the outside of my eyebrows. My menstrual cycle's out of whack. I'm having miscarriages. I can't get pregnant. Some version of that. And you go to your provider and they say that they order your thyroid tests and then they're like, ah, everything looks normal. Here's a prescription. Here's a go on your merry way. The challenge is um, from a functional medicine lens, there are many other tests that we can order through blood to look specifically at the thyroid. And we look at it through a different um, normal range. And so what happens is there's often undiagnosed or missed thyroid conditions. So you say blood. Yes, blood is the best place to look at our vitamin D level, to look at inflammatory markers, to look at thyroid. 
But honestly, when it comes to our adrenals and our gut health and our hormones, I think that urine, saliva, and stool are actually the best resources to really get the right data so we can look at it from that perspective. That's so interesting. Yeah. And what would be the best way for somebody to do that? Like to get the test? Yeah. Well, how does that work? yeah, they reach out to me and I order a Dutch plus test and a GI map. Those are the easiest. So the Dutch plus test stands for um, dried urine, total comprehensive hormones. That's urine and saliva. And we're able to look at a really comprehensive peak at hormones and adrenals and um, other things I'm not going to get into organic acids and downstream metabolites. And then the stool is, I think, the best test on the marketplace is called the GI map. And now we're able to really look at what's called your gut microbiome. And so everybody's hearing, you know, you know gut health and leaky gut. It's very valid. And, right. you know, some people will say, I have gas, I have bloating, I have indigestion, constipation, diarrhea, like sure, heartburn. Those are clear um, symptoms of gut but it can also be really vague, like I feel sad, I can't sleep, I can't lose weight, I can't put on weight, I have brain fog, I have muscle aches, I'm not, my skin is dry and brittle, I'm not absorbing the nutrients from the food that I, I'm eating. Um, there's such a variety of, of symptoms that can show up from what's called a gut dysbiosis, meaning an imbalance in the good bacteria and bad bacteria. And the best way for us to see that is through a stool test. Mm -hmm not just to take some probiotics and some no. like anti-gas, <laughs> whatever. No. Um, I have my fiber pill and I have my probiotic. Isn't that enough? No. <laughs> but people think it is. I mean, I might think it is, right? Being like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I take this probiotic and I do this. And I will tell you, I can't work out anymore because I really need to do work and I eat fine. So this is really refreshing to hear that you know, people look at you like, oh, you need a vacation or, you know, it's like, I get plenty of sleep. I have fun on vacation. So yeah, it's yeah. super cool. And somebody from me outside the health realm, um, I'm like motivated now to just have it checked, whether I feel burnout or not. <laughs> right. And, and like I said, burnout can be vague. Um, it can be something as simple as just experiencing some brain fog. It can be, um, I, you know, salt cravings, sugar cravings, um, even a diagnosis of hypertension, right? Um, strange uh, food cravings. Um, what, like I said, if, if someone has gotten to the point where their thyroid has crashed, that's really significant. Um, poor blood sugars, like individuals will say, oh my gosh, my blood sugars go unsteady and my, I crash, I get really irritable or hangry if I don't eat. Um, a loss of libido. Um, so, so many different things can all be signs of, of burnout and really, you know, getting sick often. Or when you get sick, you, it, it takes a while to recover. Um, waking up in the morning, feeling like you're just dragging and you can't wake up or that afternoon crash. All of that, in my mind, I'm hearing it's a sign of burnout. Yes. Okay. I also, be, because you mentioned earlier, I also want to jump into two, two things you mentioned earlier. One very interesting topic to me is boundaries and then also balance. So we're going to talk about burnout, 
boundaries and balance. So yes. let's talk. Um, I can go on forever about boundaries. I mean, not me, but like I have a lot of questions. So let's talk about boundaries. And you brought it up in ways of not only boundaries with yourself and your friends and your family, but also at work that can help prevent you from burnout and from feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, to be honest, when we have the conversations around boundaries, I really think it's more a conversation around self-worth. Oh, tell me more. And well, I think that many of us, um, feel not enough, feel like we're imposters, have old patterns that are relaying, I'm not lovable, um, I don't belong. And that is the reality. We're afraid of being vulnerable, where there's bound, there's self-worth around trust and, and giving love, receiving love, all of that. And I think it often shows up in our boundary setting or a lack of boundary setting. And so, of course, um, we could all do a better job at being able to take a pause, listen into our internal compass or our intuition and honor ourselves and, and set clear boundaries in our relationships and with our children and at work and set better boundaries with our indulgences and our food and our time and our sleep. But I think in order to set those boundaries, it really comes down to building up our foundational sense of self-worth. And when we're coming from a confident place where I am worthy and I'm enough and I'm lovable, then it be, then the boundary setting, it, it happens with ease. Yes. Then you have the confidence to say no to things that aren't going to serve you and yep. you're not doing anything out of compliance and guilt. Right. And not worrying about what someone is going to think. I call it comparisonitis. You know, rather than getting caught up in comparisonitis, we are really clear with our pillars and our values and our worth. And we honor the, the scenarios that we're in, the people that we're interacting with. We honor their boundaries because we honor their self-worth. And so it becomes a reciprocal, um, I honor myself, I honor you, and I honor our interaction. And now we're all coming from this foundational place of, I will do what is best for me and I will do what's best for you and I'll do what's best for the collective. Um, and I think it, it creates, it heals the world. <laughs> yes. Well, what if as entrepreneurs, especially people who, you know, are still building their first million or, or first two million, it's a want to say yes to everything because you're hopeful of the outcome. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, everyone told me you can just like grit your way, you know, work horse your, horse your way to the first million. And then, and then it kind of, you have, and, and I, and I experienced it. It was like, oh yeah, I just worked my way through. And then I had to step back and go, I think I need some systems in place here. And even with that being said, um, I love my Angelou. She says, people won't remember what you say. They'll remember how you made them feel. And when we're looking to create an ROI on our activities, the ROI is always going to be more potent when we're doing it from a filled up cup and we're doing it from a hell yes in our internal space. 
And when instead we're just spinning our wheels saying yes to everything because maybe it will come, you know, if, if I'm talking to everyone, I'm talking to no one, right? If you're trying to create every single product line and trying to sell it, I, you know, I don't do Amazon sales, but I imagine in that space, you could end up with a hundred different products and maybe one will go well, but what if there would have been that pause to really allow strategy, allow your, allow clarity with what your passion is. I think that we get to, we're privileged to be able to take that pause and say, okay, wait a minute, does this really feel good in my body? And our, our body is, has um, an innate knowing. And I think when we allow ourselves to have that balance in listening into our intuition, as well as our logic, it ends up having more ROI. And every time I've got caught up in making a decision from a place of fear or scarcity, I know where it goes and it doesn't have the strong ROI. Whether, on the other hand, when I'm making a decision or I'm taking a step from like that hell yes in my body and from a mindset that is in an absolute abundance and dreaming and trust from a filled up cup, it's, it's easy. Like I even look at the last two months. I look at the income stream that came in. I made some big shifts and allowed it to just be easy and in a full hell yes. And my income was like five times what it was the two months before. Um, I love the it's a hell yes approach because there are yeses or okay, yeah, I, I, I'll do it. But if, it, mm -hmm. but if you can get to that hell yes – then you are going to be all in. And it kind of leads me to the, to the question I was going to ask you about the example you just gave where you shifted and then you were able to grow your revenue, your top line even bigger. How did you make the decision to make that shift? And what did you have to stop doing? In my scenario, I realized that I was spinning, making CEO decisions based on what everybody else had done. So looking at others who have been successful in my field and all of the nuts and bolts and bells and whistles that they had tried, and it it felt like it was it was coming kind of from scarcity thinking. This like, I've got to do something. Let me try this. Let me try that. Even yeah. though it didn't feel in total resonance with what I know has worked in the past and what feels good to me. And I finally went, no, I'm going to just let myself clean the slate, go back to the simplicity of what used to work. And it, it's amazing to go, um, you know, in my scenario, two six-figure months with absolute ease, mm -hmm. with absolute ease, yes. working less, um, and so, you know, I think that we get to be in our logic. We get to be in our doing. I think of that as our masculine energy. You know, I work with a lot of women. I do have men, male clients too. But we also get to be in that feminine pulling space where we listen inside. And so um, making sure that that's balanced. The other thing I haven't mentioned, which are, are many of your listeners, men, women, is it both? Yeah, it's both. I think it's split 50-50 right now, even though it's, Fearless sellers, the women of Amazon, most yeah. are entrepreneurs building their businesses. Okay. So for the women listening and for the men listening who support women, women are very dynamic, ever-changing beings. 
And we are not meant to fit into this nine to five box where we expect the same performance from ourselves throughout any 28-day cycle. Okay. We have this thing called our period. Even if you're on the uh, contraception, even if your bleeding is irregular, even if you're beyond menopause, we have a very rhythmic nature to our being. And and it, it, the moon pulls tides. We, we are very pulled by that. And I know that's kind of woo-woo, but it's true. And so then the other piece, and this is one of the things that I help entre female entrepreneurs really understand, is when we are performing during our ovulatory time versus our bleeding time, it's a very different ballgame. And when we allow ourselves to honor that, first of all, it decreases burnout. Second, it shows up physiologically. You'll have less irritability, less anxiety, less depression. Your menstrual cycle will shift. Your libido will turn back on. But also from a business perspective, the way in which we interact with our team members and our clients, the, um, the way in which we expect ourselves to perform, when we honor the differences, I kind of, I break it up into four seasons. So if you think about winter, spring, summer, and fall, we don't wear the same clothes if you live in a place that has seasons. Right. We don't interact with people the same way. Like, I'm not going to be at a block party in my bathing suit not out in the snow. <laughs> and so in the same way... Um, I'm not going to be out presenting and on stage, putting big things into action, doing my big workouts, lifting big weights when I'm in my bleeding time or my winter time. And so I think in this conversation of boundary setting, in this conversation of balance, and in the conversation of preventing burnout, when we as women honor that cyclic nature and for the men who love us and work with us, um, honor our ability to set boundaries differently based on where we are in that rhythm. It's a game changer. Very interesting. I really like that approach to listen to your body, know what your body's doing and yep. apply your strengths during those seasons. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wow. So for the boundary setting, how does the the boundaries come into play with the shifting that happens? Because no matter what you're as an entrepreneur, our emotions are, I guess, or how we're, I mean, maybe emotions, not the right word, but like how we're, we're feeling, you still have to get your work done. True. Yeah. And I think sometimes we also get to reassess how much am I getting ready to get ready? Have I added busy work to my plate that realistically can be put off until next week? Is Are there spaces where I'm expecting myself to do it all when I could hire someone on, on Fiverr or, or bring in a VA? And so that goes back to my self-worth. One of my first coaches, when I first started bring, bringing on, going online, she said, Mariah, you have to see your time as worth $1,000 an hour. I love so that. From the, from the beginning. And so when I'm sitting down to do something, I have to reassess. When I'm, when I'm designing my calendar and my schedule and what I'm allowing in, is, is this activity worth me doing? Or can I allow myself to set the boundaries, allow myself to engage in my relationship with receiving and instead hire someone to help at 
you know, minimum wage in the US or six, $8 an hour in the Philippines, whatever it may be, bring in that support. And, and then we go, okay, yes, work has to get done. Does it all have to get done by me? No, it doesn't. In my scenario, I ended up bringing my husband home. So I retired my husband and I brought him home. I was like, I need help. He's doing accounts payable and receivable and payroll. And he was doing the bookkeeping and, and then he's running my schedule. And then he was my travel agent. And, you know, and now he's home with the kids and doing all the laundry and the dishes and we're just working it out. And we're perpetually reassessing to ensure that, yes, it gets done. When it's done by someone else, they might not have the same heart and passion for it as we do as entrepreneurs because it's our baby. Right. But nonetheless, it does not mean that we have to do it all. Because what I see is the individuals who continue to try to do it all, they end up on in absolute burnout. And then they come to me because they can't do anything anymore. They're depressed. They yeah. can't socialize. They've put on a bunch of weight. Their confidence is now impacted. They have body aches. Um, they've got horrible gut stuff where they can't even leave the house. They don't know if they're going to have constipation or diarrhea or bloating or gas. I mean, all these symptoms, you know, they're waking up between one and three in the morning with their mind buzzing, but their body exhausted. They're irritable as F and like, they're like, what is going on? I just got in this big argument and I don't, it's not, it's, I don't even recognize myself in the mirror. Yeah. And I go, that is compounding over time of you continuing to be the type A personality and not set boundaries. And yes, we still get to create seven, eight-figure businesses. Or maybe for someone who's listening, you want a multiple six-figure business. Maybe for you, it's not even money. You just want to do something that you love and you feel fulfilled. But whatever yeah. it is, we get to do it with ease and we don't have to burn out. It's such an, you know, I think it's an American construct that doesn't have to be something we continue to believe in. Yes. And so I, I mean, I love building my businesses, love building my Amazon businesses, love coaching. I love being a mom. I'm a wife. I have friends. Something that's occurred to me through my success, and it was, it was really a turning point in my Amazon business when I was growing it from zero to a million, and was expectations. And I realized the expectations my business partner has is one thing. The expectations my kid has. I'm the mom, the kid's teacher at school. Like all the expectations in the relationship were mm -hmm. me. And I was at a point, and this was in 2021, where I was like, I cannot fulfill any of the expectations. Like I'm hitting 40, maybe 60% expectations on my best day with, with all of these people. And it, it was nice to have this shift to go through because I did have to clear out a lot of clutter in my life. And it's not, I realize my friends know that I'm in my building season and I told them, look, I'm, I cannot show up for you the way I want to right now, stick it out with me. And if you're still here in five years on the end, I'll, I'll take you on a cruise. No, I'm kidding. I didn't have like a prize. But it's like, <laughs> you, you, like your real friends stick it out with you. Yeah. And, um, I actually think about this a lot, particularly for women. I, I am so grateful 
for the opportunities that we have to to build spectacular businesses True. and be amazing mothers and be amazing wives and be amazing community members and be amazing friends and and the double edged sword to that is we've also created this monster where we're now doing it all and and it's all happening so fast, you know, and then I've got my Voxer messages and my DMs and my Instagram DMs and all the emails and all the Slack and it's like, and I'm getting on Monday boards and I'm like, ah, right? And I've created this. Right, exactly. I created this mess. <laughs> and so for me, every three months, I got my schedule and I reassess it. Okay, what? continues to make sense for me to do and how do I want to spend my time? I'm perpetually looking at how is my foundational well-being, my sleep, my mood, my energy level, and my libido. I think of our libido as a sign for how we are doing internally. And how am I handling currently at this age and at this chapter in my life, how am I handling juggling 10 balls? And maybe I could juggle 10 balls with ease at 30. At 40, eight balls was a little bit better. At 45, maybe I wanted to try to juggle cones instead. I don't know, or, right. or, or little bean bags. And I have this team privilege of, of reassessing. And then once again, going, okay, what are my priorities? What is most important to me? Do I want to climb the mountain and build the wealth and then be at the top of the mountain and look to my right and there's no one there to celebrate with me? In my scenario, no, we're currently planning a one year around the world trip as a family. And for me, I go, okay, while we travel for that year, it might mean, I don't know, I'm hoping not, but it might mean my scaling slows down, but it also means I'm going to have all that quality time with my children and gift them the world exposure. And what is all of this for? I also think about it from a hormonal standpoint. So as we age, our hormones shift. Okay. Our sex hormones, our estrogen, our testosterone, our progesterone change. The, the, the pressure on the adrenals, which are the adrenals are the main source of cortisol. So that's what's really producing our fight, flight, or freeze response. But it also helps us deal with the stress and prepare for a day. Our adrenals play a very different role in our 40s than they did in our 50s. And once again, even more different in our 50s. And so when we take that into consideration and allow the adjustment and expectations, the reevaluation of what's important to me, what are my goals? Do I want to reassess these and make sure these still fit for me personally, for my children, for my family dynamic, for my community? And if the goals are the same, but how I want to spend my time or my capacity is shifting, then who do I hire? How do I create new systems? I'm like, oh my God, AI is coming in. What's that going to, maybe that's going to be the answer. It is. It is the answer to a lot. Yeah. I love that. And also something that I'm looking at too is redoing the systems. It's okay as your business grows to also redo how you're running the business, like yeah. stop doing stuff, start doing stuff. And definitely with AI things, things are shifting. I've utilized AI a ton and it has saved me a lot of time, but I will tell you now I'm starting to feel like, oh, I need an AI manager to manage all of the AI stuff that I'm doing. So I have right. to think about that and shifting 
people's who work for me shifting their responsibility. Right. And and think- right. And I think the thing I want to say to this too is in your scenario of there's all these expectations <clears throat> for individuals like you and me, we're driven. We're accustomed to being really good at things and what we put our mind to works. But in that we try, we often end up wearing all the expert hats. Right. right. So maybe you're the expert for Amazon sales. You're the expert for hiring. You're the expert for AI. And often you're coming in saying, I'm also going to be my expert for my health. I'm going to be my expert for my supplements. I'm going to be expert for my um, exercise routine. I'm going to be my expert for my mindset. And I go, okay, are, uh, where can you take a hat off and allow someone else who that's actually their expertise to hold that container for you, to free up some emotional labor, to free up some of that space. And so that's one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why I work with ambitious individuals and a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of CEOs, it it gives them that ease where you get to go, okay, can somebody just tell me what to do? I want this off of my emotional labor, off of the thing that I'm worrying about, off of not knowing which supplement should I take, what diet should I be on, when should I do my hard workouts, what is going on with my mood, whatever it may be, and just to go here. This is your expertise. I'm giving this to you. You tell me what to do. I imagine like if I wanted to launch in Amazon sales, I would come to you and I would say, okay, tell me what to do. I got or you. Or I could spend 20 hours doing Google searches trying to figure it out and probably not create anything out of it, right? Right. Yeah. Same thing. Why? And, you know, I got a coach to teach me how to sell. And that's how I grew from zero to a million because I wanted somebody who already knew how to do it to teach me and yeah. tell me how to do it. Because, you Absolutely. know, similar to you, I'm always trying to improve myself and learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. I've always invested heavily in coaching. And, um, you know, business coaching, mindset coaching. And so what's interesting is that often is easy for people. Like, of course, I'm going to hire a business coach and I can see a direct ROI. For some, it's a bit of a leap to go, I'm actually going to hire someone to help me with my health. Because, well, what about insurance? Can't insurance just work? And I go, well, how's insurance working out for you so far? In my world, I call it sick care, not, not health care. And so we also get to see the actual ROI on if we're wanting to build a big business and be very successful, I believe we need to start with ourselves, our foundational well-being, not just what we're doing, but how we're doing it and who we're being in the midst of it. And so in my scenario, it's actually me and a team of master coaches. So I've brought in there's a functional dietitian, there's a sexologist, there's a mindset coach, there's a trauma release specialist. And we get to hold that container to say, take that hat off, invest in your foundational well-being, knowing that when you have more energy throughout the day, you have your mental clarity, you have a more stable mood, um, you're able to set boundaries well because you have that foundational self-worth you're sleeping well, your skin and hair and weight are solid, which means now you're embodying more confidence, right? You're prioritizing yourself and taking a stand for how you feel, being vibrant, being a worthy thing. 
all of that plays out in ROI. I could tell you story after story after story of individuals that came in, worked with me and my team, and their businesses catapulted. They changed careers. They sold their houses and bought new houses, moved to geographies. It's like when the, I always think of it as the light bulb, the, the lights get turned on in the room. Right now, a lot of people, we're kind of like walking through and the lights are dimmed and we just don't realize it. And you feel like fine, but fine is a four-letter word in my world. And instead, you turn the lights on, it's like, oh my gosh, wow, <laughs> now I have so much more energy and this feels so much more exciting and more fun. And my productivity is up and now the ROI is showing up, but it's it doesn't feel so overwhelming. And now the burnout's gone. Yes, like the complete full balance of everything comes in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That is beautiful. Well, before we wrap up, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs who maybe are even just starting out and they haven't hit the burnout yet. They're not in this like critical phase, like just tips you have to kind of keep them on the right path. Yeah. Um, I think burnout is relative. So once again, um, my hope is that you start prioritizing yourself before you hit the wall because there's a lot more cleanup. And so really to listen in, are you overdoing it on caffeine, right? Are you having regular bowel movements? Is your mood stable? Are you sleeping well? Are you able to do it without getting snappy and overly irritable? Um, are you having extreme cravings? Those are all signs that um, it's probably time. Is your menstrual cycle kind of changing right? For the men, they're starting to put on a good amount of extra belly weight. Um, those are all signs. And so, so address this before you get to burnout. And you remind me, your question was just simple steps to start taking now. Is that the simple, is that your question? Yeah. Kind of just keeping, well, finding the harmonious balance in a yeah. professional life, for yep. somebody who is just going along doing their thing right now and probably hasn't even hit burnout yet, right? For yeah, listeners yeah, who yeah, aren't yeah, yeah. burnt out. Yep. Um, and so, like I said, we want to we want to address it before the burnout comes. But some simple things that you can do as you're in your working schedule, take an account of your indulgences. Okay. Often the too much coffee, the too much alcohol, the too much shopping, the too much working really needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. Making sure that you're hydrating well throughout the day, making sure that you're fitting in body movement. And if you're in a phase of big growth where it's like, I don't have an hour or more to set aside to go to the gym, workouts can be in five to 10 minute increments. And even my husband's a physical therapist and a personal trainer. He says, even like the national certifying bodies will say, as long as it adds up, to 100 to 150 minutes a week, you're good. So I use a seven-minute workout on my phone. If I go down the stairs, I'll go up and down an extra couple times. I have dumbbells right at the top of the stairs and by my sauna. And so I'll just do five minutes of just something, right? I'll, in between calls, give myself five minutes to do a loop around the block. You'd be surprised 
at ways that you can integrate body movement into your day that actually ends up becoming just as profound as going and getting one hour to an hour and a half big workout. Um, the last thing I want to say is something called adaptogens. Adaptogens all come from the mushroom, botanical, and plant kingdom, and they help the body better adapt to stress. Um, please listen to my podcast, The Women's Vibrancy Code. Also, if you follow me on Instagram, which is underscore Mariah Brown underscore, um, and I'm sure the link will be in the show notes. If you go to the link in the bio, I have free adaptogen elixir recipes. And so it becomes, it's actually what I'm sipping on here. You just simply have a drink that you make that has the adaptogen, it has a protein source, it has a fat source, hot water, nut milk to taste, sweetener to taste. It tastes yummy. And it becomes this thing that you drink throughout the day. And it's actually helping your body better adapt to stress. There's a lot of adaptogens out there. You can't really go wrong except for rhodiola. Everything else, you'll see them. They're popping up in grocery stores. You can buy adaptogen elixirs. You can get them in tincture form and capsule form. Just if you see something that says adaptogen, put it in your mouth. Okay. Got <laughs> it's it. good for you. And that's <laughs> going to help the body adapt to stress. Um, so like I said, um, getting in body movement, hydrating well, adding in adaptogens, um, checking ourselves at the door with our indulgences. Um, and I could go on and on, but I think that that's enough for just a starting point. I love these actionable items. My brain is like going crazy and I'm like, I need to go get some adaptogens because I take other stuff, but, but I need to add that in. So thank you so much. Make the drinks. If you end up making an adaptogen elixir, send me a message and let me know how it goes. They're yummy and there's lots of them out there and you can get chocolate flavors or chai flavors or matcha or fruity and um, it ends up being an enjoyable experience. And it message you on Instagram or where? Oh, I was saying that to you, Joey. Yeah, to everybody who's listening, oh, you're welcome me. to message me. You're welcome to message me on Instagram and just let me know how. And listen, if you're if you're still one of those, you're like, no way, I'm not letting go of my coffee. Just add it to your coffee, okay? Ah, okay. Um, I'm for most of my clients, I'll tell you, I'm not a big fan of coffee, and you know, everything in moderation, even moderation. So just add it to your coffee. And, um, and watch what happens. It will stabilize your blood sugars. Your mood will shift. I mean, like lots and lots and lots and lots, lots. Just add it in your body. All right. I'm going to report back to you. I'm definitely going to try this. Great. Well, Mariah, it has been an honor to host you today. I love the work that you're doing to keep entrepreneurs balanced and healthy and to look at the full picture with their foundation and their boundaries. So I really hope to have you on again to dig in further. Maybe we'll do a case study on some entrepreneurs. That'd be great. But until next time, stay fearless. If you're already selling on Amazon or you're looking to get started and you want my help, go to amzfearless.com to book a free strategy selling session. We can see if we can help you out. That's amzfearless.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless. Fearless.